Hey everybody, my name is Rob Mayolo and welcome to episode number 29 of the Hi Hakiki podcast, a podcast about industry, entrepreneurship, and life from a person that sucks at all three. How you doing? Welcome to Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, I killed that, wow. Um, welcome to Sunday in Toronto at the Hi Hakiki Studios at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, how you doing? How's your week been? We're getting close to Christmas. I haven't bought shit. I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't believe in gifts. Um, I do believe in gifts, but I don't know what to get. I got my mom a tablet. She doesn't listen to this, so I can, <laughs> so I can say it. Uh, I bought my mom a tablet, so I better win Son of the Year award. Um, I really don't have much, much people to buy for, yo. I don't have many people to buy for, uh, which is fine, because I don't like spending money. I used to love it. I used to love buying people gifts, and now I'm just like, ugh, you don't need anything. Go get a job. Um... <laughs> Um, I don't buy my nephew gifts anymore, though. That's one thing I learned about kids is, uh, you know, it's easy to mail it in. Here I am going to talk myself up. It's easy to mail it in and just buy a fucking blah, blah, blah. But, um, and a fucking hoo to hoo and a doi doi and so they can just say ah, papa. But, um, yeah, I try and spend the money on experiences that we can actually, like, spend time together rather than just buying him a toy he's never going to play with. And, like, buying... I don't know. I don't want to get on my fucking soapbox, but, like, I feel like buying kids a lot of gifts just isn't good for them. It, uh, how could it possibly be good for them to, like... Because then they just expect it. And I... Even, like, some of my cousins have kids... Some of my cousins had kids young, so they have kids that are, like, I don't know, nine years old or some shit. And I'm a great cousin. Yeah, they have, like, fucking kids. They're, like, fucking nine or something. Um, yeah, they, they have kids that are like nine and 10 and now they just expect every year, big tree, fucking 10 to 15 gifts. If they're not the exact gifts they want, they're upset. It it starts to become like a no win situation. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for them. I don't think materialism is good for kids. I don't think it's good for adults, but it's definitely not good for kids. Cause at least when you're an adult, if someone buys you something nice and expensive, you can like, you can understand the the efforts and the and the money they spent on you and shit like that. But when you're uh, when you're a little kid, you don't know shit. These little whippersnappers. So I try and I don't know. I also I also try and do something nice for the parents. They need it more. Fuck. The, if you have a three year old, you need help. <laughs> like having a three year old is not easy. And I can't even imagine these people who have like a three year old and a two year old and then like one on the way. Like I don't know what the fuck. It's Definitely a full-time job. So um, I try and do something nice for the parents because uh, once you become a parent, no one gives a fuck about you. So I try and uh, I try and hook up the parents. Um, so yeah, what I did want... So sorry, before I get into it. Last week, very upsettingly so, Showdimes lost in the first round of the playoffs to Rohit. And it's, um, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, I've been getting a lot of flack from the media. Uh, one thing I did include in this podcast, wait till the end, because I have a very special interview with uh, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. On, they had me on PTI, which I very much appreciate. Uh, so when when I do the outro for this podcast, don't turn it off because I have that interview ready for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, got a little heated, you know, tried to defend Mike. People were questioning his abilities as a GM. But, you know, when you're the president of the team, you're used to those kinds of situations. So 
Uh, but yeah, it sucks. First round of the playoffs to lose. That's why now I remember why I, I fucking hate fantasy football because uh, of that bullshit where you just you, you you do great all year and then in one game you lose and then all of a sudden that fucking doesn't mean shit. But I guess that's sports. That's the way it goes. Um, yeah. So at the end of this podcast, don't turn it off. Wait till the credits, like a fucking Marvel movie, which I never understood why Marvel makes you wait till the end of the movie to like, well, so I can read the fucking read all the credits. Yeah, that's great. Like, I really want to know who fucking who was the seventeenth stuntman. That's uh, that's good to know. I mean, while I'm sitting in the movie theater looking at my buddies, like, so can we just go? Like, we can just YouTube this later. Like, why do we? Why do we have to stay here? Oh, Rob, stop being a fucking wet blanket. It's the Christmas season. Get in the spirit. Okay. Um, so what I did want to talk about is a little bit more about the market last week. So I've had some time to digest. Last week's, man, last week's podcast, I literally packed up my little table, got into... Um, hold on. I got into the car... And just fired up the phone and started recording. And uh, didn't really have any time to digest kind of, I guess, what I learned and the experience and how it felt and all that. So I'd, I'd like to maybe add a little more value about the things that I've learned um, from that market. The first thing was how incredibly weird it is to wake up in the morning and go to work for yourself. <laughs> As someone who is a quote-unquote side hustler and has a day job and, you know, every day, Monday to Friday, I wake up and I eat breakfast and I get on the bus and I go to the same, you know, bus stop and go to the same bus state train station and take the same train and get off at the same train station and go to the same office and cross the same intersections and sit in the same desk and it's just like bam, 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 routine. And then last Saturday, I, the beginning part was very similar. I woke up kind of at the same time that I usually do had a very similar breakfast, then went outside, and all of a sudden, but then it, like, things started to get a little different, like, I had all this stuff with me, and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I'm bringing all this stuff to the market, and then I'm not getting into a bus, I borrowed my dad's car, so I'm, like, driving, and it's Saturday morning, so there's no one on the road, but it's, it doesn't feel like anything weird's about to happen, I'm just kind of listening to the radio, and everything's going pretty well, and, and then I get into the parking lot, and I park, and I, even, like, when I was setting up my table, I was just, you know, I was so focused on trying to get the best table I could possibly get. So I didn't really think much about, um, you know, like, whoa, this is so weird or anything like that. I kind of just, you know, tried to set up the table best as I could with the with my marketing materials and, you know, was rehearsing my pitch in, in my head and talked to the person beside me who did custom-made Christmas ornaments and the person to the other side of me, she did... Um, uh, she did like, she used the Toronto skyline and did like laser drawings using the Toronto skyline. And she had like coasters and, um, like laptop cases and cell phone cases and, and stuff like that. Um, so that all kind of felt normal. And then I, then they kind of opened the doors and I started to notice people walking in. And then it started to feel like when I worked at Costco and gave out free samples because I was standing behind a table and then people started walking up to me. But within 10 minutes, I realized, and it honestly took 10 minutes. I didn't realize it right away. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, 
when I was at Costco, I just gave out food and didn't really give a shit and just kind of set the lines and didn't really care because I had no vested interest. And then 10 minutes later, I realized, holy shit, like, this is my company. Like, this is a big deal. I do need to pay attention. Um, you know, I do care about these clients. Uh, this does matter. Um, the words I say do count for something. Um, it does matter to me whether they buy or not. So it was funny how all of a sudden I made that switch and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm going to work for myself and I, I'm going to see the benefits of the work that I do or don't do. And, and then I would say it was, I don't know if nerve wracking's the right term, but I was pretty, I was nervous for at least the first half. It was from 11 till 4. And I would say it probably wasn't until about 2 o'clock where I kind of started to get comfortable. And then once I got a little comfortable and then, like, I think some people came for lunch because there was food downstairs. So, like, there was a kind of a lull after around 2 o'clock. And I started looking at some of the other people and actually started to walk around and talk to some of the other people. And um, and I started asking them about, you know, their experiences and their products. And it was funny to see the range. And I talked about this a little bit last week. Funny to see the range of why people do things and to see the range of how much they give a fuck. And it it's weird to me. So so a, I don't want to single anyone out here, but there was someone sitting very close to me who, like, it was their business. Like, they ran the whole thing. They outsourced the products. But at the end of the day, it was only them. And it was interesting to me how little they gave a fuck. Like... 80% of the time, they were just sitting down in their chair on their phone. And I don't know, maybe they were doing something for the business too, like on, on, the, on their corporate Instagram or, or Facebook account or talking to clients on Etsy or something like that. But it was, I don't know. It always, it struck me as weird. Like, why, why would you not give a fuck if this is your thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, this is, I don't know. It, always, it, it just strikes me as weird as, like, if you don't give a fuck, go get a job and work for someone else and get a steady paycheck and don't put up with all this crap. Like, why would you, I don't understand why you would go out of your way to not care, but still work for yourself, but not put in the effort to be successful. But I don't know. I don't, I don't quite understand it. It's either you want to work hard and do great and work for yourself, or you don't give a fuck and you work for someone else. Like, I don't know. I I don't I didn't get it. But it's easy for me to talk because some of those people do, you know, two, three, four, five markets a week. I met one of there was only one other men's grooming um uh company, I guess, that had a table there. And I added them on Instagram. They did four shows that weekend. They did the one I was at, and then they had a brother that did uh one at the Great Lakes Brewery, which sounded like such a blast. And then the on the Sunday, the next day, they did two more. One one brother did one show, the other brother did the other show. So that was actually very motivating to to go from seeing people who don't give a shit to see people who are just like grinding, like bam, 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 bam. And then there was also people who had like day jobs and kind of just did this on the side. There was one lady who had um, just like general cosmetics for men and women. And um, yeah, she she works full time. Her husband works full time. But uh, she kind of does this on the side. She had like, 
I don't know, 20 different product lines. I'm like, how do you keep track of all this shit? Um, but I guess she does it somehow. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was such a great experience. It, it also reinforced the power of community, which makes me sound like a community man. Reinforce the power of the people, man. But it was really cool to be around other people doing the same thing that I'm doing. Um, it was really cool to see other people who were just like me doing uh, kind of like the business on the side and then seeing people who are at the level I want to be at where they're doing it full time and just dominating. And then there was, it was honestly motivating to see people who are not doing what I want to do, aka they have their own thing, but they don't give a fuck about it and they're ignoring clients and not saying hi to people and just like half-assing their way through it. Um, and I honestly feel like I learned, I just feel like I learned more from the people that I don't want to be like. It's very similar to some of my buddies who had, who came from homes where their parents got divorced or they had a really shitty dad. And now they have their own kids and they're the best dad in the world. It's when you, it like, sometimes you see people doing things you don't want to do. And it really motivates you to not be like them. And then in a really weird, narcissistic, selfish way, I almost believe that those people are there to teach you that if you don't get your shit together, that's going to be you. A shitty dad is there to teach this kid that if when you one day become a dad, if you don't get your shit together, you're going to be like me. And be a bad dad like me. Or someone at work who's disgruntled and doesn't want to be there and half-asses it and doesn't give a fuck about anything. They are narcissistically and selfishly there in a way to teach you that if you don't get your shit together, you're going to be the person at that company. You're going to be the jaded soul at that company. Because there was a point, I'm sure, where that lifer was 25 years old and wanted to take over the world. I'm sure there was at least a moment in their life where they were just as motivated as you are. But they never got their shit together. They never figured it out. They never got there. And now, that's, that's just them. And when you're, and you're, when you're young, in your mid-20s, early 30s, fuck, even early 30s, mid-30s rather, um, you fall into a trap like I do where you think, well, I'll never become that person. But then I started to realize those people thought the exact same thing when they were my age. That generic, you know, 52-year-old jaded soul at work who doesn't give a fuck about anything and doesn't know his tits from his ass, he was once a 25-year-old motivated, I'm going to take over the world individual, just like you are right now. And maybe it's 25, and maybe it's 35, and maybe it's some combination of the two. But um, I firmly believe that those people are there to teach you the consequences of not taking responsibility for your life and not taking action for your life. And I think that's true with bad fathers and bad mothers. I think that's true with disgruntled employees. And I was once again reminded of it at that market where you could very easily sure have your own business but it won't go anywhere near where you want it to go 
if you don't have accountability, if you do not take these moments seriously when you're out of market and you have a chance to find new clients. If you don't take those moments seriously, you'll never get to where you want to go. If you don't work as hard as you think you can or as hard as you think you should work, you won't get to where you want to go. And it's once again like, so one one conversation I was having with someone was a lot of like the answers to what you want to do in work and your personal life and whatever, the answers are usually pretty easy or pretty prevalent. For example, the, the story I was telling, telling my friend was when I opened my investment account, I asked my dad, what's some advice uh, for a new time investor? And he goes, honestly, Rob, buy low and sell high. It sounds obvious, but nobody does it. People panic at low and chase highs. I do the same and you probably will too. And what that story meant to me or what I take from it is people know the fucking answers. People who want to lose weight know the answers on how to lose weight. People who want to gain muscle know the answers on how to gain muscle. People who want to be a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend or a good wife and a good husband know how to do it. People know how to... Um, fuck, I don't know, uh, save enough money to go on vacation or how to get themselves out of debt or how to save for retirement. Those people know those answers. And if you don't, if within 13 minutes on Google, you could find those answers. It's, it's the doing where people just get hung up on. And, and I, I find myself falling in that trap too, where it's, man, I know how to do it. If I want to go out and release, if I have all these products ready to go and I got to release them, I know how to release them. Make the product, take some fucking pictures beside a, beside a nice bookshelf and a plant. Go on, put the pictures on Etsy, write a nice description and boom, it's on. Do that for all five products. Now you got a sick product line. You want to go out and sell those products. Okay, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, make a podcast like I'm doing right now. Create YouTube videos, message people here, message people there, go to markets fucking four times a weekend. If you want to do more, do markets in the afternoon. Um, fucking tell your friends, tell your family, put posters on every pole in the city. Like, the, it's, frustra- it's so frustrating because you know the answers. And it, it's the same with the example with my dad. How do you make money in investing? You buy something low and then you sell it when it gets higher. And don't fucking panic when it gets lower and don't chase something to try and buy it when it gets higher. I know the answers. But have I ever once done it in investing? No. I chase stocks when they're screaming up high and everyone's talking about them. And then once they go low, I panic and say, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose all my money and I sell. It's frustrating. It's really, really frustrating. So I guess my kind of goal coming up to 2019 is stop chasing answers. You know the answers. Start fucking doing the answers. <laughs> Start buying low and selling high. Start, uh, if you want to lose weight, you know, stop eating after 8 o'clock. Go easy on the pop. Go easy on the fast food. Eat clean carbs. Go to the gym three times a week. You want to be a, a good boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife? Treat them with respect. Take into account their feelings. Ask how they're doing. Go every. Uh, don't go to bed angry. 
let the small things go. Pick your battles. You know, ask how their family's doing. Don't forget the important dates. All, like, and that extrapolates to fucking everything in life. My goal for 2019 is to stop acting like I don't have those answers and start acting on those answers. That's my goal. And uh, I'll use this podcast to hold myself accountable. And if anyone else is wondering, or if anyone else needs me to hold them accountable, um, you know where to find me. Um, Okay, that's it. Uh, Again, please don't hang up or move to the next podcast. Uh, I've got a really good interview uh, with Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser on PTI. Uh, That's it. Uh, Plug of the Week. Plug of the Week is actually another podcast uh, that my boy Sundance turned me on to. It's uh, called Spittin' Chicklets. If you're a hockey fan, or even if you played hockey as a kid, you have to listen to this podcast. It is a must-listen to. Um, If you're easily offended, first of all, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Secondly, uh, don't listen to Spittin' Chicklets. But, uh, yeah, Plug of the Week is a podcast called Spittin' Chicklets. It's made by Barstool. Uh, Paul Bissonetti, um, Ryan Whitney are the two hockey players or former hockey players on there. And then there's a couple – there's a guy from Barstool who I hadn't heard of until this – until I started listening to the podcast. Um, But then they have good guests on there. There's an episode with Austin Matthews, uh, fucking uh, Jeremy Roenick's one is pretty good. Sean Avery's one is pretty good. Um, And, yeah, so check out Spittin' Chicklets. Thanks again for listening. Next week is going to be episode number 30. I can't fucking believe it. Uh, Happy early holidays. Hope you had a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Please stick around. Listen to the interview. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon on assignment in Arizona. I'm Tony Kornheiser. How many holes is today's assignment? Nine or 18? Well, Tony, you know, it gets dark here a little later. They don't change time. So, I don't know. I might get to 16 or 17 at Scottsdale National. I just might. A little, little food, a little drink. Little Wonderful. Hooky. Wonderful. You know, they ask about you. They yeah, said he's a dope. Why is he back in the cold? What's he doing? Really nice plug for Scottsdale National. Good job out of you. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Chiefs collapse, the Lakers protest, and Tony Dungy joins us for five good minutes. But we begin... With a very special interview with the president of Showdimes, Mr. Rob Maiolo. Rob, thanks for coming out. Hey, Tony. Hey, Mike. Thanks for coming, having me out here, guys. Appreciate it. Well, you guys had a great season. You went 7-4. and four. Everything was going up. You had the best running back in the league. And then, unfortunately, in the first round of the playoffs, you got knocked out by, by your money is paid up by row hitter. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, it's, that's, man, that's football. The football playoffs are the most competitive out of any playoffs. And you got one game to make it count. If you lose, you're out. And uh, if you win, you move on. So it's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough after a great year to lose in the first round. That's for sure. Hey, Rob. Mike Wilbon, <laughs> Mike Wilbon here. Um, it's a lot of people are saying, you know, you know, the, the GM, M-Dimes, he had some good, he had a pretty good season. But, you know, in that, in that game against, Against Rohit, you know, he had made a very critical error of, of not playing uh, Kittle, who had a career year, three touchdowns, o- almost 200 yards. What, what do you got to say about that? Well, you know, uh, listen, a lot of people are pointing at his decision to bench Kittle. Well, I'm pointing at his decision to pick up Kittle. That's, that's the decisions that Mike made all year that got us to the playoffs. So I don't think about the one mistake he made. I, thought, I think about the great decision that he made. So, um, 
you know, it's it's tough in the playoffs. You, you try and play the odds and play the matchups, but you, you don't always get them right, and you can't you can't pe- hold people accountable just for one mistake. That's not fair. Robert, a lot of people were saying that M Dimes had a lot going on. He had the house going. He's got a mixtape going. A lot of people say that you know he's too in demand and he doesn't have what it takes to to be a GM. What do you say about that? Well, listen, he's in demand because he's good at what he does. You know, there's a lot of GMs out there who aren't in demand because they're shit at their job. So I think that the fact that he's in demand means that he's right for the job because he's, a lot of people want him to have, have him on his team, and we're happy to have him on the team. And we, you know, had a tough playoffs, but we're going to have a great next season. We're going to work in the offseason, and we're going to do awesome things, and I can't wait for it. So um, I, I don't agree with, with that idea of, He's too busy to do something right because he's bu- the reason he's busy is because he's talented. And that's all I have to say about it. Wayne Rob, well, Mike Wilbon back here. Listen, you know, we, we got to cut off the interview here now. But I guess my one last question is, you know, Mike had a good year, but a lot of people are saying it's time for a change in, in management. Well, what do you have to say to those people? Uh, I, I tell those people to go fuck themselves. Mike's coming back next year and we're, we're going to win the league next year. No question about it. All right, Rob. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on here. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Take care, and uh, we'll see you next year. When we get back from the break, will Bill's Mafia be able to win his consolation bracket? And coming up later on in the show, Rohit, after fluking off his big win in the first week week of the playoffs, will he be able to continue that momentum in the finals? Uh, I don't think he can. I don't think he can either. Well, you never know. <laughs> 